Janet Lee. That absolutely just breaks the barriers. Thank you so much. And hello, everybody out there. This is Jerry Lee, and today is, wow, a day of message that will have an effect on you. If you will listen to the word, you will not be the same by the end of this message. Before we really get into the deep of the message, I've had some requests for Jin Tao, for prayer for people who are not well. And I want to do Jin Tao, and I believe that this Jin Tao that I'm going to do, there's going to be many, many people healed. So if you are listening now or tune in later and you're listening, uh, God wants to heal you. And God wants to do a miracle in your life. And it's just so beautiful to be in tune with God. When I was sitting in my comfortable big lounge chair just before the meeting here, just before this broadcast, I saw a flash of blue come down, came down right in toward the back of my head. But the Lord was showing me that he was going to do some healing, that he was going to do some stuff. And so I want to make it clear. When I do this Gentile, some of the words, you know, they, they sound particular and they sound perhaps medically professional, which they are, uh, but they're, they're a method of healing different from the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is limited parameter-wise. You have to be there where the person is to lay your hands on them. But the Gentile is a spirit-to-spirit revelation. It can be from one point and connect with any other point in the whole world and even, uh, you know, uh, of the whole earth and even above the earth. And so we're, we're looking at, at requests for people with all kinds of problems you know, liver problem, kidney problems, lymphatic gland problems, anxiety, thyroid, virus, and genetic problems that little children sometimes are birthed with. And we're presenting those to the Lord. And though I'm being used as a vessel to speak it, I will have nothing to do with being able to heal you because it's all done by the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Before I get into that, though, I found a scripture that is so cute and so interesting and so fitting that I thought, you know what, I have to read this to the people. It was involving a great prophet. And he's got a name that sounds a little bit like Jerry Lee. But I'm not the great prophet that Jeremiah was. And it's in Jeremiah 32, 25 through 26. Jeremiah 32, 25 through 26. And I want you to hear this. It's so simply beautiful. Then came the word unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? 
I know we think in terms of him being, you know, pure spirit, and he is. But through the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into the flesh body, and he uses the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, in the universe. He's too pure to come into this universe because he's in the heaven of heavens. But the heavens that are involved in this universe, he sends his Holy Ghost, and that is his second presence. And when he says, I'm the Lord of all flesh, that's, that includes you. That includes you. Is there anything too hard for me? That is so beautiful. So you may be listening, or someone may tell you to listen at a later time, and the, the diseases that I mentioned... You may have something in addition to that, something strange, foreboding, and hurtful, and dynamically interference, uh, dynamically interfering in your life and family. You're on. You're on. And we're going to include you when we do this prayer. But we, can't, we have to give you a format, you know, so that you have some understanding. And I'll start with the broadcast title, Archangel Flash. Now, arch in front of the angel, arch means very, very ancient. And flash, we're going to talk about that because it, it has a lot to do with what is called the quickenings. And in the Bible, it also speaks of it as the rushings like the rushings in the mulberry bushes, which turned out to be signs unto the armies of God when to move and make their operations or not. So it starts off in the idea and the thought across time and space. And why do you want to go across time and space? Because the Bible encourages you to reach out, to reach out and touch somebody to help them, to reach out and touch God, to reach out and care about all the things that are important to your spiritual uplifting. And to go across time and space, you're not using an aeroplane. You're not using some new thing, dangled device, but you're using one of the greatest, most powerful things that's in your body, your mind. And with your mind, you can cross time and space. Not just that space that is involved in the aurora, which is a nature type of thing, but you can exceed and proceed beyond that. And I suppose that's why God allowed it to be written for us to read, because this truly an archangel flash. And it's in Ezekiel 1, 14 through 15. It starts with a conjunction. And that conjunction is no doubt a synodoki. And the living wheel Ophan, or Ophanim, and cherubim guardian creatures. And in the book of, I think it's the 18th chapter of, of uh, Matthew, Matthew talks about that we have guardian angels. 
And these living wheel O'Fannon and cherubim guardian creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, just to explain to you that in Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10, it uses the word wheel, which in Hebrew means, if it's in the singular, ophan, and in the plural, ophanim. And that is the name of an angel group under Yahweh-el, or as some people like to say it, Yahweh. And uh, you can verify this by just looking up the name wheel, and you'll see where it, it is related. Now, there are other words for the word wheel besides the word, you know, that it, that it gives, uh, you know, for, uh, for the wheel. Uh, but but um, uh, those refer to just like common wheels on an automobile or a wagon or whatever. But let's, let's look at the statement that I read. These old fan and cherubim guardian creatures ran and returned. And that's very similar to what happened to Enoch when he went to and fro and then he was taken. And it's very similar to what Lucifer Satan uses with his angels in his work. Because, I mean, after all, he was once, a, once an assistant. Actually, he was an archangel himself. And um, then it says that something happened. And this is a scripture that mentions the word flash. The word flash is actually in there. And they ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, perhaps that may not mean anything to you. If you don't get it down, what lightning is. Lightning is an electric current. But you need a cloud to get lightning. And there's an interesting thing about a cloud. It's just not a singularity in, in, in the meaning of singularity. It's, it's a, a compound making uh, made of many particles. So it's sort of a, as we'll get into it later, a, cere a cerebral gate, a compound. Well, lightning is a sudden electrostatic discharge. You know, if you run your hand through your hair, there's static there. Static electricity is in your body. So lightning is a kind of static electricity, but at a very high resolution. And it, ha it has electrostatic discharge between clouds, from one cloud to another, and also from a cloud to earth ground. And it needs that in order for there to be the lightning. Now, people have said that, you know, Jesus is coming in as a lightning, that's the speed of light, but not everything about that is truly at the speed of light. Um, there's a strong negative charge in the clouds, and it's attracted to the positive charges in the ground or possibly in another cloud. And there are lightning uh, strikes that occur between regions of clouds, and that's called intracloud lightning. But that can also refer to 
a cloud that strikes to the earth ground, a bolt of flash, a, a lightning strike. How fast does lightning like that go? Well, it, it travels 320,000 million feet per second. That's not the speed of, of, of light by far, but that's pretty fast. Now, a thundercloud, when it starts getting to a po point where it gets a lot of ice, um, and there's various things that begin to happen, uh, the lightning can reach 27,000 degrees, which is four times hotter than the surface of the sun. But let's get into this thing about speed of light, because so far we've only got 320,000 million feet per second, which is pretty fast. But the radiations that are created from this sudden strike that has to do with the static. They're made from a strike that travels at the speed of light. So there is a relationship of the speed of light with the causation of lightning that occurs in the radiation. And that is more important than anything because radiation is sort of like the output, the message of what something says. So when it says Jesus is coming in the clouds, we're not looking at that literally because we know that as clouds move across the face of the earth, they move just very slow, a few, just slow mileage, very slow. But when they get involved with electricity that is dedicated for its discharges and it's got lightning, then you get into that 320,000 million feet per second, and then beyond that, it finally gets into the speed of light. Jesus is coming, folks, in a cloud. I mean, he could come today while I'm on this broadcast, while I'm speaking to you. He's coming in a cloud, and we need to know what the cloud is, and we need to know what these discharges are because they're described in the Bible. And we read this thing in Ezekiel about the appearance of a flash of lightning. And we find out in that appearance of the flash of lightning, the Ophanim angels are there, the cherubim angels are there, and they're traveling at the speed going and coming of that flash of lightning. So what shall we call that? We really have to get rooted and grounded to understand the fullness of what these things mean. And I'm bringing you on board so you can do that. There's a Bible word. The Bible word is quickening. And that's a way of describing this lightning flash. Now the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.45 that Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now there's probably a lot of people that are the offspring of Adam, but they're not a quickening spirit. But what it does mean is that right from the beginning to right now and wherever you are at, at whatever degree of spirituality or not just uh, spirituality, 
that you have the potential to have your spirit become a quickening spirit because you have an inheritance right from Adam for that. And you can find similar aspects of that in the 15th chapter of Corinthians. So the quickening, the Bible says, is done by the Holy Ghost. It quickens us together with Christ, Ephesians 2.5. And in John 6.63 it says, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. And in 1 Timothy 6.13 it says, along with John 5.21, the son quickeneth whom he will. And someone says, well, there you go, that leaves me out. No, that just means you're left out because you don't know John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You are not left out. 1 Timothy 6.13, the sight of God quickeneth all things. Someone says, you know, that's just a very limited thing, be only applicable to some small little finite point that's not even relevant. No, that's not what the Bible says. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.13, the, the sight of God quickeneth all, A-L-L, things. In Psalms 143.11, it talks like this. Quicken me, Lord, for thy name's sake. When you pray, you may say, I'm not worthy to be quickened. Well, forget trying to be worthy, because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there should be prayer for us to understand that we are beast. So forget trying to make yourself something you are not, and just saddle down with what you are, knowing that you are covered by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And then be like David. Quicken me, Lord, for thy name's sake. Thy name's sake. So, what things? Things you see, the eyes, things you do, the, the arm. Yeah, you know... They ran and they returned. They were messengers, messengers of faith. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible tells us to get rooted and grounded, to understand all the dimensions. And in the 22nd chapter of, of Revelations, close to the last verse, Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring of David. So we see that biblically and spiritually and Holy Ghost-wise, the Lord gets into genetics. I'm the root. I started this genetic thing. And I'm the offspring. And so if you've got a genetic problem or someone in your family has a genetic problem, you do not have to doubt for one second that God does not deal in genetics and does not heal in genetics. He can relattice you. <clears throat> he can reprint your whole chromosome signature. So 
we're going to get into this Gentile, and we're going to be covering the liver, the kidneys, the lymphatic system, the and anxiety, and thyroid, and viruses, and genetic diseases, and all kinds of things, whatever it is you have, and there's going to be people healed. Are you ready? Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus to the thyroid, to lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic, to the sympathetic, across the neural network, dendrite to dendrite, axion to axion, synaphysis to synaphysis, terminal to bouton, terminal bouton to the neural network in all of the different hemispheres, forward and on, to put the people in a state of creating a transition of their healing. There is and does exist in the Gentile capability through the Holy Ghost, not Jerry Lee, through the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> the creating of transition vapors that can permeate the biocells cells of your body. And as they move in your human body, they create a preparation for mediating implementations and bring about improvement so that they are able to eradicate or transform sick or defaulted cells of the body into a healing place. And there's no end of the word of God in vestiges and correlatives that tell this story. On with the Gentile, to the medulla along gata, to the cerebellum, to the cerebrum, to the thalamus, to the liver, to the perver to the intrusion of those rebellious cells from the pituitary and the hypothalamus. Begin these processes now, O Lord my God, by the Holy Ghost immediately, and allow the healing virtue and the power of the living Holy Ghost to come down in these flashes, to come down in these healing powers. Let the glory of God flash down the, each person's right arm and into their body and heal them of all these things. Of all of this Gentile, let it begin to pulsate and vibrate and in rhythm, giving glory to God. Let the song of healing begin. And you know, many, many years ago, I wrote a song about the quickening. And I don't claim to be a great singer, a great pianist, but not being great doesn't stop me from singing. And I don't really worry about what someone might think, how off it sounds, or bad it sounds, or medium it sounds, because I'm singing to myself and to God. And this song <clears throat> goes like this. Behold, the Lord's coming quickly, like a mighty flashing wind, and rushing wind, as the sound drum again, will behold, the Lord comes quickly. 
Behold, the Lord comes quickly. Behold, the Lord comes quickly like a mighty rushing wind. As the sound trans drum again, behold, the Lord comes quickly. Behold, the Lord comes quickly. He's coming. He's moving in people right now, healing them. Like a mighty rushing wind, as the sound trans strum again, well, behold, the Lord comes quickly. And so the Ophams, Ophanim and the Cherubim, they were going together. And why were they together? Because the Ophanims fell. They were tricked by Lucifer, Satan. And in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelations, the tail of the dragon drew all the Ophanims and cast them to the earth. And people get mixed up on that. They don't realize in the 12th chapter there are two falls. That fall, the first one, and later in the same 12th chapter, another fall where Michael the archangel cast out Lucifer and his angels and said there's no place left in heaven for him. And he cast him out and he fell to the earth. So there's two falls. We've got to get them straight. And we've got to understand the quickenings and the rushings and all the things that God wants to do and is going to do and how that the cherubim were with these Ophan. And it will tell in there in the first and 16th chapter of Ezekiel how that when one went in this flying ship, the other went with them. When one turned, the other turned. When one went up, the other went up. When one went down, the other went down. The creatures were Ophanim and Cherubim, and the Cherubim were the guardians, and the Ophanim were sticking close to their guardian angels. One of the problems we have today is there being enough people out there that really believe in angels, really believe that they can ha that they have a guardian angel, as it says in in the in the eighteenth chapter of Matthew, really to believe they have a guardian angel that is assigned to them, and being able to buddy buddy with that angel, to believe in that angel, and cooperate with that angel. And when it turns, you turn. And when it goes up, you go up. And when it goes down, you go down. And when it flies out to go to and fro, you fly out and go to and fro. Because, behold, he comes quickly like a mighty rushing wind. Well, as the sound strum again, behold, the Lord comes quickly. And so the flash of lightning, Ezekiel saw it. Where do these flashes of lightning come from? The Bible says they come out of the throne. We remember when the thrones were cast down in the seventh chapter of Daniel. We remember how that God is speaking and operating in such beautiful ways. But let's think about another time of a flash. Paul the Apostle. You see, Paul was not a bad man. Even though he was persecuting the Christians, 
he was doing the right thing the wrong way. He thought he was doing right. He believed he was doing what would be acceptable unto God. And as he walked along the road to Damascus, on his way to imprison more Christians, something happened. And the Bible says, a great light flashed. Now, when you look it up, when you look it up, it will say shown. But if you get into Strong's H965, you'll see that shown and shineth equal the same word as flash. So when it says it shone or it shined, there are times that that word, H965, Hebrew Strong's Dictionary, means flashed. So there was a light that flashed down to, to Paul. And Paul was changed, totally changed from a non-believer of Jesus Christ. And Jesus appeared to him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? You're making a mistake. And Paul became one of the greatest writers, one of the most powerful apostles that ever lived on the face of this earth because of a flash that came down and he saw it. Don't sell short these flashes. They're not limited to any one person. They're not. They're not limited. They're, they're open to everyone. So there's a plan of God to deliver the world out of its mental permutation and to awaken the in-part knowing type who think they have the full picture. And the world is full of them in the churches and in the Christian world, and we're not saying that to judge or knock them. But there's a time that people have got to get their minds sorted out. They've got to get it into a balance to understand their, that, that those things that they do not understand, do not know, are the things which are, are dar unknown darkness. And God is saying that he wants to bring us into the, the light-ups, the flashes. He wants to deliver God's, his people. A great flash of archangel light is needed to even understand what Jesus said to his disciples when he said, we are not of this world. Flash that into your mind, I'm saying, and allow it to light up your whole body. A flash can light up your whole body, every increment of your being. So then a great eye healing campaign is needed. Also, a manifest is needed to explain the flash down the arm. The flash down the arm is not simplistic. It has eye ministry, ear ministry, messaging, faith ministry. And God is moving by his spirit right now in this message. So, a great healing campaign of the eye is needed. A healing campaign to explain the flash down the arm, which I have explained. To go across time, past it, 
than the speed of light. Janet Lee to the organ.
Thank you, Janet. There's a lot of quickening in that music. This quickening is coming that I have explained to you in a revelation that will sweep away the blockage of the spirit and mind. Also, your eyes will be opened and your right arm will be anointed. This message, the archangel flash, will allow you to hear and see out of the throne revelation of the hour that is running to and fro, giving the receiving of the word and a speaking the word. It's time to learn how to twine a lattice. It's time to turn on the deep network of God and to loosen on earth what belongs to you so it can be loosened in heaven. Learn to lean against the Father King's house. Turn on your heart and allow God to let you experience love of God flashes that do not belong to this world. Wow. Flashes, love of God, that do not belong to this world. Archangel Flash will walk over the legions of Lucifer, Satan, whose legions in one count are 200,000,000, Revelations 9.16. The Archangel Flash will lift you up higher in truth and turn you around from many points of confusion. This could be the moment when time changes to God's promises and they spout in your mind in a new and living way. Well, this is the Archangel Flash broadcast. So we're talking about archangels. What is an Archangel Flash? God sent three archangels, each over a host of angels for a creation mission. They came to this galaxy to create the sun and the earth and the environ that is here was part of the plan. And the Ophanims, which was a host of angels, were creators. The cherubim were guardians and the seraphim were watchers. And those are the three, the three groups of angels, the hosts, three hosts. The Ophanims, the cherubim, the seraphim. Here are the names of the three angels and their host with some more information. Lord Yaviel is their leader. He's the, he's the archangel of the host. Someone say, oh my, there's, you're making him an archangel. There's something that you need to understand about Jesus Christ and about God's people. There are many titles. And there are many different forms that these great, powerful entities of God take. 16th chapter of Mark says that, that Christ, when he appeared, he appeared in different forms. That's Bible, folks. Don't throw away Bible. So he may come as an archangel, or he may come just as a servant. He laid down his archangelship to come and be a, a mortal. So he came as a mortal and he called himself the Son of Man. That did not mean he was not an archangel. An archangel doesn't mean that he's not the Son of God. 16th chapter of Mark. 
the Lord appeared in different forms. Get that down and then you won't have any problem understanding how God uses his entities, his high ones in different ways. Is there scripture for this thing about Yahweh? Why, of course. And here it is in 1 Thessalonians 3.16 KJV. Listen, I'm reading it. This is what the Bible says. For the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R-D, and this is an insignia of use of letters in a special combination, meaning Yahweh or Yahweh. The Lord Yahweh or Yahweh himself. Now that doesn't mean somebody else, does it? It means himself. It doesn't mean someone else. Come on. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. There it is. It's in the Bible, the connection. Now the wheel of Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10 come from the Hebrew word Ophan and Ophanim. And Ezekiel shows the Ophanim wheels had two wings. Because you remember, I read to you how the cherubims and were working with the Ophanims to help them because they, they were fallen. And so in the revelation of Ezekiel, it shows that the Ophanims had two wings. So the, the, the Ophanim are two-winged angels. And you can find that in Ezekiel 1, 21 through 24 and Ezekiel 1, 16 and Revelations 12, 14. Now you just have to play back the, this teaching. You need to do that anyway to get all these scriptures. And then there's the Lord Gabriel. So you got the Lord Yahweh and the Lord Gabriel. And don't think for one minute it's not Bible that there are all these different uses of the word Lord applicable to, to different archangels and even applicable to Lucifer Satan. Even in the Bible, Lucifer Satan was called Lord. That's not my message today, but it's a, it's a fact. I don't make up things. When I say something, it's there. Lord Gabriel, Archangel of the Cherubim, they are four-winged angels. So it was Gabriel who appeared to Mary and said, I am Gabriel that, that stands in the presence of God. Now, this particular statement, when you look at it in its collective presentation of contextuality, is a reference to Archangel. That stands in the presence of God. That is, that is definitely a limited case. And because it has a definite article, the, in front of it, the presence of God, stand in the presence of God, it does then clearly make an archangel case for the Lord Gabriel. Of course, there is actual scripture that mentions that he is an archangel. So, a certain one is what definite, the definite article means. And it's meant plus its context. And applied in each case to verify the archangel, as I said. Even the word chief in the Bible can sometimes mean archangel. Now, Lord Michael, 
He's the archangel of seraphim. And they are six-winged. So we have the two-winged Ophanim, the four-winged Cherubim, and the six-winged Seraphim. All Bible. They are six-winged angels. Look it up in Isaiah 6-2 and Revelations 4-8. Yet Michael the archangel, I'm quoting the scripture, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Jude 9 KJV. Don't you understand that these archangels are interested in our our bodies, our mortal bodies? And even when someone who has been a great, powerful minister of God like Moses passes on and his spirit returns to God who gave it and he leaves the body, they don't just return it to the earth in an unequivocal type of reverence. They're very protective. They're very guardianship. They're very much into the judging and discerning. And here we see that Lucifer, Satan, isn't just all that stupid and dumb either. He had a plan how he could possibly use that body of Moses. And what happens? Oh, no, he's not to get by with that. He's not to get by with it. Because Michael, the archangel, contends with the devil and disputes his right to have anything to do with the body of Moses. God cares about your bodies. He cares about your atoms and cells and biochemistry. The city of the new spiritual Jerusalem, the Bible says, lies four square. The Bible says in Revelations 21, 14 through 16, now get a hold of this. Don't be off wandering on something else. This is a message of message. This, this opportunity that you have a lifetime. In Revelations 21, 14 through 16, talking about the spiritual Jerusalem that lies four square, that the length and the height and the breadth are equal. This kind of deep calls for a deep flash from the throne. That is not simple, Simon. That's deep, deep stuff. You've got an appropriation of definition that needs to unfurl here. That the length and the height and the breadth are equal. A lot of times people get one-sided. They get into a length of something. And that's where they curl up. They make a little ball of themselves and they think that that length is the everything. But no, it is only equal to the height in, in dimension and equal in the breadth. And it takes the length, the height, and the breadth to get the full dimensions that are needed to bring about the kind of deep that God is wanting to reveal to people because it has something to do with the quickening. It has something to do with the transfiguration that someday, some moment, God wants to do with you. In a cast of the stones, the Urim and the Thummim, these were the two stones of the perfection of lights, <coughs> revealed the time had come for the thrones to descend and to be set up 
for the ancient days deep action ministry of the fiery streams of the de- deep word book to be opened. Daniel 7, 9, and 10. See, there's a time. There's a time for the fiery streams to be released. There's a time for the book to be open. In the church world, there are many denominations. We do not put them down. Absolutely not. We do not judge them, no. But the uplift of Revelation is to be into the throne ministry and to have the flashes of God come down your right arm. And it comes down your right arm is because you are standing on the right side of the throne of God. So to enter into the throne ministry and to see the flash of God coming down your arm The ring of your bells must not forever only call your followers to a limited fashion of one aspect of belief. You just can't go on and on and on believing in just an aspect of what you believe. The Bible says that we are to move on to perfection, not laying again the same works. And and it lists those works, and they're totally the prime of revelations and doctrine as most people have been taught in Christianity. And yet it says you've got to go on from that. You can't lay that again. You accomplish it. You don't toss it out. You don't quit it. You don't stop it. But now you move on because there's more. There's more than those wonderful dimensions, more than those wonderful explanations. The Holy Bible in Revelation, speaking as I have revealed, are of a several gate. Now, I noticed that someone, when they typed this, and it might have been even me, accidentally put several gates. That's wrong. It's not gates. It's several gate, singular. So that one gate is actually several gates. One gate has a length, a height and a breadth, and a whole lot more in the dimensionality of it. So, this is a Bible thing. This is a Bible scripture, ladies and gentlemen. And this several gate means that there are several gates. And even when you look at the structure as laid out in the Bible, you've got the east gate, the west gate, the south gate, the north gate. So any one of those gates that enter into the holy city bring you into the same place, whether you come through the east gate, the west gate, the north gate, or the south. It's a several gate revelation. And if there's a call for your life, if there's a a specific time that you are drawn to become a member of the Gospel of Acts, then you have to understand the several gate revelation. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. So here we go. This is what the Bible says, and it's important. It's teaching us that these several gates, which uh, 
are in Revelations 21, 14, 16. That they got a revelation that's direct for us. And these dimensions with which positions wise are all different have to be Holy Ghost manifested so as to be equal of spirit charge to each other. We are advised by the Holy Spirit in confidence and boldness to faint not, but to strengthen the spirit of our inner man and allow Christ, allow Christ to dwell in our hearts by faith. This root and ground us in love thing will allow us to be able to comprehend in harmony with the saints the cloud. The cloud with its breadth, its width, its length. The cloud that the Bible says Jesus is coming in the clouds. It's manifest ministry, body ministry. It's a cloud. Wow. And it has to do with an incorporation of all ages of that which was, which is, and which is to come. Check it out in Ephesians 3, 12 through 21. If I call these three dimensions X, Y, Z, and we mix the combinations of the three letters that represent the three dimensions, such as instead of X, Y, Z, X, Z, Y, or Y, Z, X, or Z, Y, X, and etc., which means you can go on numeral multiple times until you would be amazed how many times it would it would take it would it would just it would shock you how many times that these three letters three dimensions can be multiplied or used in different combinations and give you a different setting the total number of potential combinations would be nearly overwhelming making something with three different dimensions that represent get this that represent direction to be equal and threefold. It is a complex that takes an unction of spiritual knowledge about conjunctions. I once taught on the Bible revelation of several gate, of the several gate or of the many one revelations in Revelations 21, 21. And the twelve gates were the twelve pearls and every, every several gate, where one gate is actually several gates, the noun gate becomes by interpretation overrun by verbs. In Strong's Greek Dictionary, G303 describes an action being distributively several of one compound, so that it understood in the word, in the interpretation, in the translation by Strong's, that there was something to this thing of the several gate. And he saw it as, a, as one compound. And who would think of a gate being a compound? It is known that humans use only a small percentage of their brains. However, there is an unused several gate that is a three-dimensional expanse that though different of positional situations, yet in the deep of reveal has an equal measure. There are differences of glories. Each of these glories has a great treasure, but alone not one of those glories can handle the toll of the Spirit called 
for to pass beyond the bridge common and thinking and life. The archangel flash is in sight of seeing glories that belong to us before the foundations of the world. And the Bible says that in Corinthians. These flashes are, are a rise into the past, present, and future. When I received the last few flashes, I was not praying to God to give me flashes at any time. I was asking God to help me be more holy and purified. The flashes then just happen unexpectedly and yet mindfully. Jesus said, Moses gave you not that manna from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread. Uh, the Sadducees and the scribes, they were so fastened to the Moses idealism and doctrine. And for someone to come along and say, Moses didn't give you the true bread. It was difficult. It's difficult for people to believe we're in denominations that there could be something more. They can't hardly receive it. But Jesus said, this is the case. The Moses revelation was awesome manna, but was nevertheless not the manna from heaven. There are a lot of similar beliefs tied into what millions of persons have believed is the manna from heaven. The manna is valuable and has miracles, but the doctrine is also mixed with body death. But when you get the manna from heaven, it is not mixed with body death. Jesus said, whosoever eats this manna shall live and not die. It is the manna of spirit in God's life. Check out St. John 6, 32 through 3. Flashes can bring transpositions and transfigurations. Flashes, flashes can awaken a person's connection to their heaven of heavens, spirit, soul. Flashes can be angel-connective. And foremost, flashes speak to a person's state of spirituality. We live, we work, we move on a mortal plane. An effect of the environ is often not perceivable. We need to touch the colors of the rainbow promise from the heart of God. Because God did make a deal. He made a promise. After the great flood of Noah, here's what he said in Genesis 8, 21 through 23. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more ever thing living as I have done. While the days, now I want you to get onto this one. I want you to get onto this next thing. While the days of earth remain seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter and day and night do not cease, I will keep this promise. And what's beginning to happen? What's beginning to happen with these dynamic changes of the weather? Dynamic things that are, that are going to possibly change the summer and the winter and the seed time and the harvest and the cold and what is called a day and what is called a night. Genesis 8, 21 through 23. What happens if these incredible weather change, which I prophesied about, which come in 20, um, not 20, but 50 years ago, Remember, 50 years ago, I was over 30 years old. 
a several gate. John 3, 13, KJV is solved. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So when you go to tell somebody, I came down from heaven, they'll say, no, here's the scripture. It says that that's not true. There's only one man who came down from heaven and ascended to heaven, right here. And then, of course, you can show him where the, 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 the Lucifer tail cast one-third of all the stars down to the earth, but they'll say, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the humans. So you have to understand John 3.13, what it means when it says, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. The Bible says, now get on this, get on this, because this is an eternal wagon. The Bible says there is no other name given under, under heaven, given among humans, whereby a person might, must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4, 10 through 12, KJV and MIV. Jesus Christ, being the Son of Man, the Son of God, came in the Father's name, being represented by his Jesus Christ name. No human has ever been able to ascend to heaven in his own name. Any person who ascends to heaven or any person who becomes saved does not do so in his or her own name. There is no other ascendant name that is the password for ascending into the heaven but the name of Jesus Christ. So when we pass into heaven, we fulfill this scripture. No man ascends up to heaven but he who came down from heaven because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be in, he, in John, he says, I am in God, and I want you to be in me as I am in God. This is the cloud. This is the quickening revelation. This is the, the miracle of love. There's no other ascended name that is the password <clears throat> for ascending to heaven but the name of Jesus Christ as representing the Father who is in heaven. So, because Jesus is the Father, he said, when you see me, you've seen the Father, and he's in heaven. But in, as, his, as his lower entity, he took on a lower state of physical body. And he is the son of man. But he is also the Father, so he is both in heaven and on earth at the same time because of the duality of reality. And so that totally, 100%, explains no man has ascended up to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, John 3.13. Now we know. And that's so beautiful to know. And it's a mystery of the several gate. It's a mystery of the quickening. It's a mystery of the mysteries. And the Bible says, the scripture even quotes Jesus saying, as my Father has sent me, so I send you, John 20, 21, KJV. No one can come unto the Father but by me. You, you can't go up to heaven. You can't come down from heaven except by Jesus, John 14, 6. And the Bible says even when you're dealing with demons and saintons, in my name they shall cast out demons. Mark 16, 17, someone goes out there and says, I'm telling you, and you better listen to me, you dirty devil, you get out of that person. Then the disciples tried that, and they came back, and they said, we don't understand. The demons wouldn't listen to us. He said, well, you're not doing the kind of things that I do. 
I pray, I fast, and you didn't use my name. The heaven that the Father is in refers to the Ambaran, firmament heaven. It's a physical heaven of the Father's house planet. Example, Genesis 1.8, St. John 14.1-4. Because the higher presence of Jesus Christ is in the Father, therefore Jesus Christ in his higher presence is at the Father's house. In his earthly presence is on earth in duality at the same time. Jesus taught the prayer, taught it for us to pray, My Father which art in heaven. Jesus Christ acknowledged the duality of higher and lower presence when he said, My Father is greater than I. <clears throat> My Father is greater than I. Jesus standing on the earth recognized the lower presence that he was in as Son of Man. And he says, even though I am the Father, in the state of being the Father, the Father in that state is greater than the state I am in. John 14, 28, KJV. I came forth from the Father, therefore I and the Father are one. It's a strange thing how that you come forth and you leave something but you don't really leave it. You're still a part of it because there is something not earthly understood as we understand it being mortals. That's like the several gate. That dimensions are all equal to each other. And if you go out one gate, it's equal to going out all the gates at one time. So that if you go out the east gate and you go outside, there still remains the west the north and the south gate. I came forth from the Father, therefore I and the Father are one. John sixteen twenty eight and ten thirty KJV. I am the Father and the Father in me. Saint John fourteen ten. The mystery of Saint John three thirteen is solved. Wow. Well, verily, verily I say unto you, except you eat my flesh the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, dwells in me, and I in him. And the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father. So whosoever eats me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats my bread shall live forever. The mystery of this scripture is the taking on the flesh life of Jesus Christ, of the Son of Man flesh life. Which flesh life bled back on his back as they beat him, on his hands as they crucified him, and his head as they put a thorn on him. And as he died on the cross, no greater love can have any one man and to lay down his life for a friend. So you are eating his fl flesh and drinking his blood by living it. Because what does your body do? It has to use up the manna that goes into your body to keep your body activated. So how does a person never die? Well, by regeneration, being brought back in another person of a totally different sort, 
for a different ministry and a different life, or living multiple times at the rate of an average lifespan of mortals, or by translation. It is also part of a transfiguration for other living lives. This is different than regeneration, in that transfiguration becomes a ministry back and forth from spirit to various bodies for spiritual manifestations. Nearly every person has characters that have the essence of being a different person than their best self. If there is a person character you would like to overcome, delete from your character list, the Enoch answer would work. Here is Enoch's answer. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5:42. So then walk with God and render and designate that character you need disposed. And God will cast that character away from your genes and your personality. Well, how many keys of heaven are there? Whatever number of keys there are counted, the 30-fold ring of keys would not include the 60-fold ring of keys. And counting the 60-fold ring of keys would not include counting the 100-fold ring of keys. And once the 100-fold ring of keys were open, there would be dualities and transfigurations and the many ones several gate revelations. Matthew, Matthew 13, 8, Mark 4, 20, KJV and MIV. God wants us to add dimension into our knowledge. Consider those persons now living who may have lived before in a different regenerated body. For most persons, it would be best to not try to reinstate that memory. But for the advanced, there may be things gained in the other life that could be added of knowledge. Be able to know some of the things you did in that other life might have a meaningful restoration of the past that you once took in those lives. And the restoring of what the worm has eaten and the canker, the canker worm has eaten and the caterpillar has eaten. And this is Bible promise. Be sure you understand that it stand that in regeneration we are not into reincarnation. That is not our Bible thing. And reincarnation, we're not knocking those people, but they're into, um, you know, reincarnating into bugs and and into uh, germs and worms. And that's what they're doing. That's not what we're doing. See my book if you want to know more about this on Latolution. The scripture will, scriptural, scriptural proof will astound you. Now, I wrote a song with this. If all was written that should be written, if all was said that should be said. <clears throat> if all was written that should be, if all was said that should be said, then you would know your real name when you were once a morning star. So the power of being overshadowed. Wow. We're going to get into that because it's just going to, it's going to encourage you. It's going to lift you. It's going to open up the pores in your mind that have been blinded. It's going to 
allow you to touch a new breeze of the Holy Spirit that is blowing right now today by this word. We're going to take a break for Janet on the organ. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to share with you for my closing points, the power of being overshadowed. Janet Lee.
Here we go. Thank you, Janet. The power of being overshadowed. And the angel, Gabriel, answered and said unto Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore the holy child, which shall be born of you, shall be called the Son of God. What a statement. What a statement. What a statement. But when Gabriel first revealed to Mary that she was to give birth to Jesus Christ, it was beyond her mind. It was beyond what, what she could even think. It stunned her. It totally stunned her. And <clears throat> it took quite a while for her to receive and believe. But this thing about the power being overshadowed is awesome. We know the Bible tells us about the shadow of Peter, how they, when it passed over people, there were, there were people that were crippled that were healed. When a person is overshadowed, that person's image is blocked out. It took a ghost for this to happen to Mary. The point is the reign, the Holy Ghost, of course. The point is the range of differentiation from mortal to ghost, from physical to spirit, the major lack of ability to solve mysteries of the universe involving scientists is because they reject any connection to spirit possibly having a part. So this thing from physical to spirit just doesn't happen with them if they can help it. Now there are exceptions. This thing of mortal to ghost doesn't happen with them, but there are exceptions. So, Mary had questions, and she had to be told that something was going to happen to her, and I'm sure she never heard of such a word like this before, overshadowed, <clears throat> because she, she wanted to, to know, well, how could she have a child? How could she give birth to a child? And the angel, Gabriel, had to explain it. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, the holy child which shall be born shall be called the Son of God. And the shadow of, of this Holy Ghost rendering that happened to Mary is not limited I'm not talking about there being more virgins out, virgins out there needing to have Christ-like children. But I'm saying, you know that there are questions that people have about the overshadow. Some will say, well, isn't an overshadow a kind of darkness? Don't forget that Genesis Day 
mentioned in Genesis 1.13, is made out of darkness and light. It takes the darkness and the light to make a day. Let's not forget the scripture that says that he bowed the heavens and came down, and darkness was under his feet. Isaiah 18.9, KJV. He made darkness his secret place, and he rode his cherub into it. He made darkness his secret place, and he rode his cherub into it. Oh, my God. The Bible is so beautiful. Isaiah 18, 10 through 11, MIV. The seraphim were with him. With six wings, they used to cover themselves as a defense of glory. Isaiah 4, 5, KJV. With twain wings, they covered their faces. That's their head. That's their brain. With twain, they covered their feet. That's their standing ground, the standing of the sons, the uprightness. Because when the sons of God fell, they fell horizontally. And they were fallen. They were no longer upright in the sense of righteousness. And these seraphim, their twain wings covered their feet, covered their faces. And with twain wings, they did fly. There's three dimensions there, and each one of those dimensions is multiple. That which is the face includes the, the brain, and the brain isn't just one hemisphere. It's many hemispheres, all which have different contributions to the characteristics and the decisions and the amplitudes of life. And so we see this several gate repeating itself over and over again. This compound, this holy compound. And it's a message that will linger forever until you fit it on, suit yourself, dress yourself with it. And there shall be a tabernacle, the Bible says, for a shadow from the heat of day. The shadow can take you out of the heat. You ever go get under the shadow of a tree in the day of the hot sun? Isaiah 4, 6, KJV. The nation, Melchizedek, speaks. Aleph, Aleph, Aleph. Aleph is a Hebrew word meaning 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. Something about that thousand that includes a lot of the cycles of revelation. Psalms 119, MIV. Check it out. The voice of the many living waters speaks. Go and teach the people to turn their spears into pruning hooks. Isaiah 2.4. There comes a time, like in the book of the seven thunders, when the marvelous queen, Tanuel, talked about the turnings. There comes a time we have to make a turn. We have to turn around. We have to change. 
We have to realize there's more than one gate. We have to realize that that's, that one gate represents several gates. And we realized that the, that the lightning cannot happen without a cloud. And the lightning will move from one cloud to another cloud or from cloud to earth when it strikes. And it can move at great velocities that are not the speed of light on certain aspects of it. But when you add the full and total output of the radiations, which is the combination that includes the totality of the whole toll to cross the bridge, you get the speed of light. So, the voice of God keeps speaking about turning spears, turning angers, turning bad memories, turning things in your body that cause sickness and pain, genetic things that live in you that need to be eradicated through the twining of the lattice. The lattice word meaning something like atomic lattice. The lattice is in everything. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a net. And of course, the net is like a lattice. So that's Isaiah 2.4 on the pruning hooks being created from out of spears. You take something and you don't just always throw everything away. You don't throw away problem children or problem husbands or problem wives. You turn the spear of their life into something really, really good. Pruning hooks that can cut out the dead limbs. Then shall rise an increase of divine government and peace to no end. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. In an archangel flash, the key of David appears, and it is written, I will give you to open visions, and no lock can ever shut you down. Isaiah 22, 22. Wow. No lock can ever shut you down. Isaiah 22, 22. And so the overshadowed owns everything under the last title. The first greatest, the last greatest title of the Bible, use of the term overshadowed, was described to Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, by Gabriel, the archangel. Then Mary said to Gabriel, how is it possible for me, a virgin, to birth a child? And Gabriel answered and said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you like a mighty rushing wind as the soundtron comes again. Behold, I come quickly. The Holy Ghost will quicken you. The Holy Ghost will do that. It's a promise. Can becoming, can becoming overshadowed also happen in its transformations to persons not involved, such as Mary? Of course. 
Christians have been warned against daring to walk in any zones of dark, unknown spiritual understanding. But God is calling out many Christians and other kinds of believers to step out of their selves for a moment. Step out of yourself for a moment. Get out of that locked-in position, that locked-in mental stance so that God may speak to you by the Holy Ghost and show you the several gate. The joy of revelation is destined for you or you wouldn't be receiving this message. Start trying to be aware of the Spirit. Close your eyes, shut down your mind, and wait for the sound of the wings of an eagle. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. The power of an overshadowing flash. As I bring this message and teaching to a close, I am confident that this flash will change a lot of people to delve into the deep things of God. There comes, as a matter of fact, many subjects, such as the universe and things like dark energy, dark matter, other worlds and subjects, which many are very profound. All of these subjects and vast more most likely have been covered by Jerry Lee, myself, who is speaking in hundreds of broadcasts. There's hundreds of broadcasts we've done that's out there for you to listen to. And there's books and there's films and there's videos. And our team, we, we basically use the King James Bible for scripture. And we don't try to prove these incredible things by going to other religions or other books. The study involves translational and contextual spiritual interpretation as revealed by the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, myself, I take no special credit in any way for this, these revelations. Throughout my ministry, I have claimed to be only a vessel used to pass on the message. And that is true. And that is God, and that is real. And so we love you. We love you. I will say goodbye. We'll be talking to you on the blogs. We'll be talking to you on Twitter. We'll be talking to you on all the works and the things that we do for God. Track us down. Track us down. God bless you.